Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling spectacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th. See club for details. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Fuck the system, let's reboot this bitch. Get where we belong before you out this bitch. Technology advancements like a mothership. Got these niggas steady tripping on some other shit. <laughs> To the Mic Drop Podcast. I'm your host, Delphin Cox. And it's just me again. Me all on my lonesome again. I don't have a problem with that so far. I enjoyed doing the last week episode by myself. Gave me a time to just talk to you guys and get kind of your read on things. Just give you guys some of the stories of the week and things that, not only things that I've been going through, but things I've been thinking about and things like that. Alright, let's get into it. Okay, the first thing I want to talk about is um the first hundred days of Trump, and not only that, I want to talk more or less about um an article I wrote on blameebo.com. Check it out guys if you get the chance. It's about it's an opinion piece. It's basically saying could President Trump's ego be his downfall? And what do I mean about that, yes? Well, obviously, it's clearly, you know, Trump has a massive ego. And one of the things that came to my mind when I was writing this article was the fact that he's still bragging about the election. It's been four or five months since he's won the election, and he's still bragging about how he beat Hillary Clinton and the news media was wrong about him and things like that. And, well, wow. That's great and all, it's kind of time to move on. 
it's kind of time to get down to fixing the country and see what you see fit to get done. And let's get into that for a matter. His wall that he's been trying to build in the first hundred days hasn't gotten done. Doesn't like it's getting done anytime soon. His travel ban was widely panned. Which is very interesting because I don't know how he thought that was going to go through. And then we move on to the replacement for Obamacare. As of right now, we still haven't had a replacement for Obamacare. He still hasn't been able to repel and replace it. And that just goes to show how flawed this administration is. And I'm not, I'm not here to badmouth them, but it just, to me, it seems like, and I touched on it a little bit in the article I wrote that he bit off more than he could chew in the sense where he's trying to do so much in a hundred days. I think it would have been smarter to pick one thing and focus on that. Make that your focal point. Like let's say for example the wall. Whether you agree with it or not this is something that he's been pushing before election and it's clear that he wanted to get this done. So he should have made his first 90 days about hey let's get this wall done. How we can get this wall to work. How are we going to get the funding for this? And the fact that he just keeps saying, oh, Mexico will pay for it. That's not good enough. That's not how politics work. You have to have a plan. You have to put it forth. And looking at that, he did, it seems, obviously, he didn't have a plan for that. As terms, in terms of the travel ban, shall I say, it's just something that wasn't thought out. Yeah, he had his people in place to apparently come up with the plan and it's supposed to be foolproof and clearly it's not because every time he tried to get it passed uh, the judicial system, the supreme justice and the court system that they go to turn it down. They say it's illegal. So that tells you it's something that wasn't thought out clear. See this is the thing about Donald Trump. I don't necessarily have a problem with him per se. Yeah he's kind of an asshole. He said terrible things in the past. But a lot of people are assholes. A lot of people say terrible things in the past. The problem with that is a lot of people don't run our country. He runs our country. So he's supposed to be a reflection of the people, for better or worse. And he hasn't necessarily done that. Well, he has, but he's basically reflected the bad side of America. In terms of, a good example of that is the travel ban. When he first came out with the travel ban, it just basically basically just sprung it on us. It caused a massive problem in airports. People were screaming racism and things like that. And it didn't go over well in the least bit. It made us, well I mean us, I mean the US, look bad. You had countries like Canada saying, hey, we'll take the immigrants in, and France saying how this is deplorable and this is horrible how the United States treat their immigrants, people flying in planes and things like that. I think if that's what he really wanted to get done, there was better ways of doing it. And it just wasn't well implemented. It was sloppily done. And I think that's something that shows 
his lack of knowledge about government. Now let's tell you like this. Let's say if it was somewhere like um, Mitt Romney. Let's say if he wanted to do this travel ban. Not saying that he's, he would support or be against it. Let's just say it was Mitt Romney who, who won the presidency. I think he would be a lot more cautious of how he implemented it and a lot more wiser how he put it forth. And that's the one thing I can't say that the Trump administration has done. They've kind of been like a bowling ball. Or, as the Miley Cyrus song says, a wrecking ball. And that's their biggest problem. Even with their conflict with North Korea. He keeps tweeting out things about North Korea, like how we're going to do this, how we're going to do that. He sounds like a pro wrestler. We're going to drop the lead drop on him, brother. You know, he has to kind of like... He has to sound presidential. And he's not sounding that yet. And... I think that the... The one thing I will say positive about him is the fact that... Um, he showed that he is a man of action. I think when he launched missions in Syria, he showed that he was serious. That these things... Are not acceptable. And while some may disagree with the Syria thing and feel like we shouldn't get involved, I think it may have been the right thing to do. I don't know if I'm fully behind it, but based off what he said, his intention was, was right. And the fact that he was seeing these innocent people getting killed in an inhumane way, and he said he wouldn't do something about it, so he sent an airstrike over there. Just to let them know, hey, we're not playing around with you guys. This shit has to not happen. So when you kind of look at things like that happen, it kind of says, huh. It's very interesting to see it happening because you say, that actually made sense. That's something I would see other presidents do. I can see somebody like Obama sitting there and say, you know what, we're going to do this and make this happen. And, and as a matter of fact, a lot of people applauded that. I think he can probably learn the position over time, but he has to get rid of some people. He has to get rid of these yes men, the people who are going in his ear. He had to have a better cabinet. His cabinet is failing. They're not preparing him for the right situation. Every week is another controversy in his cabinet, whether, whether they're still complaining about fake news or some other type of bullshit. He has to do better. He has to sound more presidential. And right now, he just doesn't sound that. And don't get me wrong. I'm quite sure it, he's finding out right now. It's not easy being president. Shit, the first 30 days of his presidency, people were out there boycotting and rioting. So that couldn't have been a good feeling to have people out there boycotting and rioting because you won an election and not feeling you. And even now, his approval rating is the lowest it's ever been for any president. I think in this century. That can't be a good feeling. But, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, because this is only the first hundred days, so who knows? He may turn it around. We have four years of this. We have a long way to go. Maybe it'll die down. Maybe it won't. Maybe every day we'll hear a new story about Donald Trump. Maybe people won't get tired of it. But, one thing I can say about it thus far it has been exciting. And 
for the foreseeable future. It's going to stay exciting and very interesting. All right, enough about Trump. If you want to read my article, like I said, go check on check out BlameEpro.com. It's there with a couple of other articles I've done. I think my next couple of articles I'm going to do for the site, well, I'm planning on them being more hip-hop focused, more friendly to everybody else, because I know, I know not everybody is a Trump supporter or against Trump. I don't want to write, keep writing articles about Trump, saying how bad he's doing or how good he's doing or things like that. I want to get into more things that are more universal for everybody to enjoy. So I know this is a kind of a touchy time, people, when it comes to politics. It's almost like how people feel about religion. You can't get to people who want to talk about religion. Can't get to people who want to talk about politics because, you know, it generally turns into a shopping match. All right, moving on from that, I decided to take a topic from Twitter. This is going to be something I'm going to probably start doing on the regular. I'm going to take a hashtag that's trending. Like, you know, how people use the hashtags and they make things trend. So the one I want to pick today to talk about is hashtag issues that matter to me. Uh, I picked this one because I thought it'd be a little interesting to talk about. Issues that matter to me. What does that mean to me? Okay, I think. Let me start off like this. issues that matter to me is of course obviously my family I think my family is important I think family period is important for everybody I think you should not only care about your family help your family and be there for your family I think that should be something that you should put first family first I think our culture not only black culture, because I'm African-American, culture of everybody, white culture, Asian culture, I think culture is important. That matters to me. I like to find out about different people's culture. I like talking to Mexicans. What's up, Chaffee? I like talking to blacks. I like talking to whites. I like to find out about different aspects of people's lives, because, you know, that's what makes the world go around. You know, find about what people like and the things they do and the things they may be against and the religion they celebrate and things like that. Lately, another issue that mattered to me was just the government and the future for our kids. Because the way things are now, right now, it seems like everything's topsy-turvy. Everybody's either, as some people say, the regressive left or the alt-right. It almost seems like it's no middle ground. Everybody's arguing and arguing and arguing. They're not really saying shit. I think we kind of need to get to those more level-headed conversations with people. So we can kind of reach that middle ground. And it's sad that we don't have that right now. Okay, those are just some of the issues that matter to me. I'm trying to think of some more off the top of my head. Issues that matter to me. Family, politics, you can say religion. Religion matters to me a lot. I'm, as a person who believes in God, I think 
it's important to have that relationship with him. I know everybody doesn't believe in God, and that's fine. I'm not the type of person who likes to shit on other people's religion or lack thereof. I just wish the best for people. I ask people to respect each other's wishes. I never want to be that dude who's, who's like, oh, you don't believe in God? Well, fuck you. Because that's not how things should be. I'm more or less that dude who, like, you don't believe in God? Or why not? Explain, explain your case to me. You know, I like to hear conversations about why people turn away from churches and religion and things like that. You, a lot of times you'd be surprised of why. Because most people who don't believe in God at one point didn't believe in God. Whether it was Allah or Buddha or Jesus or God or whatever you want to call it. Something usually turned them away from it. And I'm thinking it'd be like, I think it'd be really cool for a lot of preachers and pastors to go out there and talk to people and find out, hey, why you don't go to church? Not necessarily just drive them back, but find out where is the divide. Why aren't people reaching, reaching and looking for God anymore? Is it something that you guys did or we did? That's just my take. I think it would be very interesting to see pre preachers and pastors do that. Because that's, that's kind of part of their job. To get people in the church. Make them believe in God. Help them find the right path. I feel a lot of teachers and pastors aren't really doing that. They're going through the same song and dance. Whoever comes to church, comes to church. Let's play after plex and play the round. Get this money. Yada, yada, yada. Alright, next topic. I want to talk a little bit about the whole United situation and how the fact that, um, well, let me just read it to you. Following the weeks of global outrage, United Airlines have reached a settlement with Dr. David Dow. The passenger was violently dragged off a plane last month. Okay, for those who don't remember this story, well, why the hell you wouldn't remember this story? This shit was everywhere. The guy was on the plane, and United was like, we need four people to get off the plane so we can let our, our people fly on the flight. Nobody chose to get up get their seats and stuff. So United took it upon itself to force people to get out of their seats. And so I said, okay, we're gonna randomly pick you people. Who we pick gotta get up out the seats. And this guy, David Dow, was one of the people they chose to pick. He chose not to get out, get out the seat. And what ended up happening was literally they dragged him out the seat, hitting his face against the damn dash, Fucking him up, essentially. Having him bleed out of the mouth and drag him off the plane. This was a crazy situation because. Well, mainly because it's video of it. Now, I think if this situation happened and there was no video of it, people wouldn't care. But the fact that they seen this man get the shit beat out of him and dragged off this plane it made it a big big deal so much of a big deal that basically they decided immediately that they were going to settle with this guy and keep him the fuck quiet because they didn't want this story blown up no more than what it had 
I think it's good that he said, you know, get your money, man. You know, it's one of those situations that you should he shouldn't have to be put through that shit. He was just trying to catch a flight. Nobody wants to go through no bullshit like that just trying to catch a flight. You know, it's crazy that these things happen in this day and age. But on the other hand, it's good that people were taking videos of stuff like this happening because when people see you doing the bullshit that you're doing, and you get caught and you get humiliated for doing that bullshit, I guarantee you're not going to do that shit again. I think United would think twice before they start dragging somebody off a plane just because they purchased their seat legally and you want them off the plane now. So good on that, man. Get his, get your money, man. Get your money, baby. Hope you get a bit, several million dollars for that shit. Cause that shit was embarrassing. And it was fucked up. Alright, next topic. Last week I talked about Aaron Hernandez and the whole thing about him killing himself. And I just found an article on Sports Illustrated that I think is very interesting. Let me just read it off to you. Court records obtained by the Boston Herald show the estate of formerly New England Patriot tight end Aaron Hernandez has a value of zero. An affidavit filed by Hernandez's fiance, Shayna Jenkins Hernandez, and her lawyer said Aaron's Hernandez's estate is currently worth zero dollars and zero cents, with no money available and no identifiable personal assets. It goes in a little bit about um, his suicide, things like that. April 19th, he was found after being just days after being acquitted from his 212 double murder homicide. He was found his, hung in his cell. I find this very interesting and crazy that his estate is worth nothing. But when you really look at it, I guess it kind of makes sense. Having to pay all these legal fees for being charged with murder, but it's crazy. He made all this money playing football because he wouldn't do stupid shit like go out there and kill people. He fucked up his family. And this goes back to what I was saying before. I have no fucking sympathy for him. He basically ruined his fiance's life she got to start from scratch and she ain't got shit. Ruined his daughter's life because he left her with nothing. I know there's people said that he killed himself because if he killed himself, the patient would have to pay him the money or some shit like that. I don't know how true that is or not. But fuck, man. To leave your kids, your child, because he only has one child, with nothing because of the mistakes you made. You know, people get in the NFL to make a better life for their friends and their families and enjoy success. And a lot of people would have killed for that spot. And not only did he waste it, he wasted it in the most epic way possible. He wasted his whole fortune because he wanted to be out here trying to kill people. I don't know. It's just crazy, man. I just, like I said before, I said it last week. I said it in the article I wrote about it. I have no fucking sympathy for Aaron Hernandez. None. I feel bad for his daughter. I feel bad for his fiance. For the situation they've been put into, yeah. 
you can kind of say, oh, his fiance kind of probably knew what was up with him. Because how would she not know? She was living with him. But still, it's a horrible situation we put into. And it's fucked up that his little girl now has to grow up without a father. And really without any type of financial backing. They, they don't have any money. His estate is worth nothing. They're going to have to probably sell it. Well, that's my two cents on it. Well, final topic. This episode is not going to be that long because I'm doing it by myself. And right now, I'm suffering from a sore throat, as you probably can hear. But I want to always make sure you guys have an episode. So you guys can... It's about being consistent, man. I promised when I first started this podcast, I didn't really want to miss a week. And it's always become important, important to me to do that. And I always want to be honest with you guys, people who listen to the podcast and enjoy it, as to what's going on. And as you guys can see right now, no I have vision. Yeah, the reason for that is I don't know. He's going through a lot right now, and as of right now, I have not heard sight or hair from him. I called him. I texted him. I've tried everything to get in contact with the brother. And it's one of those things where, let's just say he's going through a rough patch. He's going through a lot in life, and that's kind of always been the way Vision is, man. That's kind of the way Al, let me call him by his name, Al. I've known Al for a long time, man. And he's a young man who's dealt with a lot of darkness in his life, man, when, when it comes to almost everything. So I, like, I started doing the podcast. Originally, I didn't want to do the podcast with him. Because, uh, you know, I want because me and him have different viewpoints on different things. But I wanted to help him do the, do the podcast with him because, one, He's a talented MC. Two, he's a very good talker. I wanted people to hear his voice. Hear who he is. Get a feel for him. See the crazy shit he talks about. Because it's my boy. He's my man. You know. So I felt it was only right to include him in on this. But as I included him in on this, you know. He started going through a lot of things in his life, man. And like I said, I don't want to speak on everything that he's going through. Let's just say he's going through a fucking lot. A lot for anybody. That's why I'm not going to sit here and badmouth him or say fuck him. He's not going to be in the podcast no more. It's nothing like that. If I get in contact with him and talk to him, it's not going to be why the fuck you not answering me? Why you not answering for the podcast? It's more or less so like, yo, you my brother. What's going on with you, man? Let me... Let me know that you're okay. You know, I just ask everybody out there who listens to the podcast, who's a fan of the podcast from day one, thank you guys for fucking with us. Ask you to pray for my brother. Ask you to, you know, take the time out of your day, pray for him, or whatever you may do. Just send him well wishes on Twitter. I think his. I don't even know that. I don't know. Matter of fact, that shit don't even work because his Twitter handle, he has been using it God knows how long now because 
of all the shit he's going through. Let me find out his Twitter handle. Maybe he will see it. That's what I'm hoping. His Twitter handle is at I V underscore Z I O N. You know. Send him some well wishes. Maybe he'll see it, you know. And see the people care about him. And I just hope he's okay. You know. It hurts to have to have your man going through such a dark time and not being able to be there for him, you know. And I hope, honestly speaking, I'm saying this right now, hopefully that he hears this. And I'm hoping that he's okay and he doesn't do anything stupid to himself. You know, because at the end of the day, he is family to me. I've known him for well over 10 years. And I knew this family. And I want the best for him. And I know he's going through a lot right now. So I'm not going to say anything bad about him. As a matter of fact, if he was to call me right now and tell me, hey, I don't want to do this podcast. I'm going to do too much shit. I would 100% understand that. I would have to because that's my brother. So long story short, until further notice, this podcast may just only be me. So bear with me, people. I think, you know, I'm going to try to get a little bit more organized. People probably bring in the stories and stuff like that. Probably have guests on the podcast. Maybe reach out to Chalfie. Maybe reach out to Sean from ETM Podcast. Reach out to my boy Six Wheels, you know. Reach out to anybody who I can reach out to be on as guests sometimes. Because I don't want to do this every week by myself. Because this, honestly, this hard to just sit here and talk to a mic with nobody responding back to you. But I like doing it because I'm talking to you guys and I love this podcast. I started this podcast because I became a fan of podcasts. I started listening to podcasts right, right around 2012 when I was dealing with a very dark period of my life. I was going through the worst time. And that maybe one day I would talk about it on the podcast. I feel like now is not the time for it, but I was going through some heavy, crazy shit, man. You know. Listen to podcasts, listen to people like Game Over Greggy talking on um at the time I think it was Podcast Beyond and just listening to different shows, listening to different aspects of people's life. Really kinda of brought me out of that funk. So I am a hundred percent appreciative of podcasts. That's why you always see me supporting guys like Chalfie and Games We Don't Play and the Married to the Games podcast, King of the Mountain podcast, people like that because I know there's somebody out there who listens to these type of podcasts and they get something from it and it helps them. Maybe just the jokes and the clowning that they happen on the podcast gets them through their day. Or maybe when they hear you talk about things that happen in your life that can relate to that. I know because I was on that side of things. We were like, damn, I was going through a lot. Then I hear somebody else talk about things, whether it's Tell Them Steve Dave, um, Drink Champs. It's a lot of different podcasts on this too. Uh. Like I said, listening to Chalfie and Sean talking, listening to Married to the Games podcast. 
and I got stuff out of it. It helped me out a lot, you know. So I felt like me doing the Bike Drop podcast, I could probably do the same thing. Talk about things that are not necessarily normal. Because my first instinct when I started doing this podcast was to do a podcast about video games and comic books. But a lot of people already do that. My boys at Dark Fire Entertainment do that as, as well. They do a damn good job at it. Shout out to those guys, you know. So, I decided to go a little left with that. I want to talk about more of a... I want to have more of a topical podcast. Why talk to people about different things. Some things may be weird. Some things may be interesting. Some things may be controversial. That's why I kind of call it the Mike Drop Podcast. We, call it, we talk about what the fuck we want to talk about. And I enjoy doing it. And it's a lot harder to do this type of podcast because it's not going to be for everybody. How do you explain this? What's the Mike Drop Podcast? Oh, it's two guys talking about all kind of crazy shit. That's basically what it is. And at this point, there's one guy talking about all kind of crazy shit. I think that's the interesting thing about the podcast. And, you know, it sucks that as it was catching on, the man starts going through these rough patches in his life. But like I said, I'm not going to blame him for that. Life sometimes hits you in crazy ways. The best thing I can say about that is everybody pray for vision. Wish him best. And maybe hopefully he'll be back on this podcast soon. You know? Well, that's all I want to say about that right now. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Devil underscore Cox. If you got any questions, if you got any questions, definitely. Either tweet them to me or send them to our email at themikedroppodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, by the way. I really appreciate the ones who listen to the podcast and follow us, who've been fucking with us from day one. I really, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate that. And as always, Mike Drop Podcast, and we out. Be easy, everybody. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service, without all the drama.